Disciples' house, please be seated. Well, camp is here. 
We're headed out for camp today, and we will be home on Friday. So this means there will be no prayer or, or prayer or healing school this evening or in, or Wednesday service this week. So you can you, you can listen online. Uh, we will be posting the services uh, on our website for the church, so you'll be able to get in there and, and listen to the services that are happen for, happening for the kids. Praise God. All right. So, uh, so we got youth camp this week. Uh, when we come back, it'll be Fourth of July, yay! And then, so we're skipping. Well, we're not skipping. We're postponing the prayer for the nation till the weekend after that. So that'll be on on July eighth at eight a.m. And uh, so everybody be here for that, because the Lord knows that the nation needs prayer, needs it more than once a month. But but at least we're doing that. All right. So uh, August fourth is our church anniversary. Yep, it'll be four years, so uh, which is amazing. I can't believe it's been four. It seems only like three, but anyways. <laughs> and so, and we will have a church worship service that 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 evening at seven p.m. So we're just going to come in and sing and praise God and thank Him for uh, the wonderful things He's done for us. All right, and then August sixth will be a Vision Sunday, where we'll talk about the vision for the church going forward. All right. And let's see, meditation for the week, uh, our in him is is 1 John uh, 2, verse 8. It says, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light show shineth. All right, so our confession, I am a doer of the word. I follow the commandments of God. And I walk in love because of which thing is true in him and in me. Because the darkness is past and the true light show now shineth. Amen. Oh, I put in show. It's not on there, is it? Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jeremiah 30 uh, verse 17 is our healing scripture for this week. Uh, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. So our confession, my God has restored my health and has healed my wounds. Because I am his. Who the world rejects. Praise God. My wounds are healed. All right. So, uh, prayer. So, Lord, you are the most high God. The, the mighty God. The creator of the universe and the heavens. Lord, we just love you and we thank you very much for being with us. Lord, we know that you're here because your word says that whenever two or more are gathered in your name, you will be in our midst. And we are gathered to hear from you, Lord. We come expecting to hear the word that is just right for us, the word that, that you have for us that will help us to grow closer to you and to become more like you and to walk in our disciples' walk. Lord, we, we thank you for this blessing, and we thank you for being here with us. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, or destroy. You will not interfere with the operations of the Holy Ghost. 
you will not interfere with the receiving of the word. You must leave in Jesus' name. You must flee, so get on out of here in Jesus' name. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. And we, we give this service over to you. Use me and Robbie's mouths as your mouths. Speak your words through us, through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive the words of the Holy Spirit and we speak them as true as we possibly can. In Jesus' name, amen. Derek? Good morning, disciples. How? Let's stand up and do our confession together. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with God in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, uh, that these, these, some, of these, some of these words sound kind of proud and kind of... Uh, pretentious, but am, every though. single one yes. of these from is based Christ. on a promise yes. that's in the Bible, yes. backed by yes. Scripture. Yes. It's preach, what God preach. says yes. about us, and we're yes. only repeating Lord, what God yes. says about that's us. That's who Amen. I am in Christ. Praise God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. God be praised. To God be all the glory and honor.
what a privilege. Oh, yes, what Lord. a privilege that I the light of Christ shines through us. The light. Glory, glory. Lord, we take that responsibility. We say, here I am, Lord. Yes. Use me. Use me. Glory, glory, glory. Hear our prayer. We desire them, Lord. We covet them. Ah, yes. Yes, Lord.
Spirit. Father, we thank you for the word that you have for this morning. We thank you for the plan and the provision that you have. Father, we desire to follow your purpose and your plan for each and every service. And so, Father, as we step over into that place of the Spirit where we get in an agreement with you, Father, we ask that you meet with us. For your word says where two or three are gathered in prayer, specifically in prayer, that you're right there in the midst of us. And so, Father, prayer is communication with you. And so, Father, we're in this place gathered as the body, gathered as the church, here to meet with you, to commune with you, to conversate with you. And so, Father, we look to you to conversate with us. 
And Father, as we approach a subject that is so misunderstood, when we, put, when we approach this subject that so many fail to give the glory and the honor that it needs, that the attention is the way I should say it, so many fail to give the attention that it needs. Father, drop it down in our hearts. Father, give us a, give us a heart of worship. Father, give us a heart of praise. Father, help lead us, help us to see the importance of praise and of worship. And Father, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You greet somebody. You can be seated. Praise team. You're probably going to come back at the end of service or at the end of the teaching today, more than likely. I know you've got other songs in your heart and on your list, but uh, we've got to get right to the word this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Well, this morning, glory to God. Hang on. Thank you, Father. So, confession. Thank you, Lord. Right? It's church confession. A lot of these things sound impossible. Some people are saying, but I don't feel qualified to be these things. Come on. I don't feel like, like I am these things. Come on. But you know what? It doesn't matter what you feel. That's right. These are the promises of God for us yep. that he wrote for us. And it doesn't matter not one bit how we feel. Or how we think about ourselves. Or, or how we think about ourselves. These are the things that God set aside for us, that he preordained for us. They are promises from God, and they are true. You know what we got to do? We got to believe it. Yeah. We got to reach out for it. We got to receive it. Yeah. That's all we got to do. Yeah. It's ours. It's a promise to us. It's set aside for us. If we're seeking God, it's ours. Yeah. There's no question. There's no doubt. Just confess. Confess it. Say it's yours. Claim it. Yep. Receive it. Yep. If, if it. If it doesn't feel right, ask God why. <laughs> Darren, ask what God, happens when you ask God why? Oh, he's not in here. Yeah. Ask, <laughs> ask, God, ask God what you need to change in your life to where you can receive this. Derek asked God, why, don't I, why am I not connecting? And God said, because you don't believe it. That's what he asked him. That's what he said. That's what God, that was God's answer. Well, son, you're not connecting because you don't believe it. Every one of these promises is ours by God. Thank you, Lord. And, and as long as we confess it and as long as we, we reach out for it, we'll have it. Right. It will That's be right. ours. Right. It may not feel like it at first, right. but keep saying it. Yeah. Keep confessing it. Keep reaching for it. It will feel like it. Right. You know, Pastor Mike keeps saying, uh, you will have it. You do have you, you, it. Is a prom- he keeps saying it's a promise, and it is a promise, but it's so much more than just a promise. It's literally who we are. Amen. When we come into Christ, this is who we are. Doesn't matter if you feel like it. Doesn't matter if you... I mean, honestly, you can, you know... You can have money in your wallet, but if you don't believe you have money in your wallet, is that money going to do you any good? No. No. Or you know, if you, if you take that, that it's there. Right. If you take that money and you tuck it, you know, you, you have some extra money come in and you tuck it in that hidden compartment. And then you don't ever think about the hidden compartment. Uh, and, and, and then you look where you normally keep your cash and you go, oh, man, I don't have any money. Is that true? It's not true. Why? 
Because you got money in the hidden compartment. Well, guess what? Everything that we confess is in your hidden is in the hidden pocket of your heart. Everything Amen. you can everything we confess is, is is in the hidden pocket of your heart. The problem is is you've not checked your hidden pocket lately. The problem is is you've not gotten an agreement with it. Uh, Ray, Brother Randy talks about uh, there was a there was a time in, uh, in in his ministry where they came under great financial pressure after 9/11. When you're a traveling minister, you depend on your partners. And after traveling and after 9-11, uh, they're, you know, when everybody tightens up the purse strings, the first thing they tighten up is their giving, when that should be the last thing they should tighten up. In fact, if anything, they should give more, not less. Why? Because that's, that's how the provision of God flows. Uh, but, they, but everybody tightened, and they lost more than 60% of their income. From partners after 9-11 for a season and they were up against the wall they were paying paying for ministry costs and everything and he was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and seeking the lord seeking the lord seeking the lord just couldn't get the answer just couldn't get the answer and finally out of the desperation of his spirit his spirit out of his spirit he said lord if there's something you're trying to get across to me that i'm missing please have somebody call me please just have somebody call me and he got a, and he immediately heard from the Lord, yes, I'll do that. Well, shortly that same day or the next day, I don't remember how long it was, it wasn't very long, a minister that he had associations with, he had shook his hand a couple of times, knew his name and different things like that, but had never had any actual real contact with him, uh, that pastor up and called his wife looking for Brother Randy. And uh, so Miss Patty called Randy and said, you'll never guess who called. You'll never guess who called. This is a very uh, influential pastor and, and had great success in believing God for finances and what have you. And so a little bit of back and forth they went, and um, he got on the phone with this minister, and this minister said, asked him, he said, Brother Randy, this is, you know, so-and-so. He said, yes, sir, I know you are. And he said, uh he said, let me ask you some questions. He said, okay. He said, do you believe I'm a man of God? He said, yes, sir. He said, do you believe I can hear from heaven? Yes, sir. He said, do you believe that I can have your answer for you? Yes, sir. And if I tell you to do something, will you do it? Yes, sir. And just kept kind of drilling them. And finally, when Brother Randy could get a word in edgewise, he asked him, he said, uh, sir, he said, can I ask why you're asking me all of these questions? And he said, because you young whippersnappers don't listen to us old ministers. And he said, I don't want to waste my time, so if you're not going to listen to me, I'm not going to tell you what I have to tell you. He said, sir, I will listen and I will receive. And uh, he said, good. He said, I can tell you what your problem is. He said, yes, sir. He said, or he asked him, he said, uh, Randy, do you know what your problem is? He said, no, sir. He said, well, I'll tell you what your problem is. He said, yes, sir, please do. He said, your problem is, is, you don't under, is you don't believe the prophet of God. And he said, yes, sir. What, I mean, when your elder tells you you don't believe something, is that the time to argue with them? Nope. No. Especially when this is clearly a phone call from God. And uh, he said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, what do you mean exactly? He said, well, the one that you called Dad Hagen who stands in the prophet's office, has already told you how to overcome your financial struggles, but you won't do what he told you to do, and you don't believe it. And he said, yes, sir. 
And uh, he said, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. He said, you need to get Dad Hagen's mini book, How God Taught Me to Prosper, and you need to read it and read it and read it and read it and read it until you get the revelation. He said, yes, sir, I'll do that. And you need to believe what the prophet of God has told you. Yes, sir. So Brother Randy got a hold of that book and uh, began to read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. And he still carries it with him everywhere he goes. And he still reads it. I do the same thing. This is where Jesus taught Dad Hagen that it wasn't God keeping your finances from him. In fact, Kenneth e. Hagen said the biggest issue I ever had with the devil was in the area of finances. Biggest issue. Uh, he said it wasn't healing, it wasn't faith, it wasn't growing the ministry, it wasn't. He said the biggest issue was finances. And so the Lord taught him. He said, Jesus came and talked to him. And he said, I'm not. He said, you keep asking me to bring you the money. And he said, and God said, I've already put all the finances on the earth. He said, for me to rain money down from heaven uh, would make me a counterfeiter. And I'm no counterfeiter. He said, I'm not. He said, I've already given you all the finances you need. He said, I'm not the one keeping it from you. He said, the one keeping your finances is the devil. Is the devil. And so, so Jesus went on to teach Dad Hagen. He said, number one, tell Satan really, however much money you need, whatever you're believing for, the amount, name the amount. And, of course, don't, don't name more than you can believe for. Whatever the amount is that your need is, let's say you have a $100 electric bill, well, you need $100. Satan, I command you to take your hands. Remember, Jesus said, Jesus said if, uh, you, if you know that he's the Messiah, the son of the living God that's been raised from the dead, if you have that revelation, then God would give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bound in heaven would be bound I mean, whatever you bound on the earth would be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed in heaven would be loosed on the earth. Those are the keys of the kingdom. So on that principle, he said, you bind Satan and you command him to release that $100 for that bill. Then you command the angels because the angels are sent to minister on your behalf and to bring you prosperity. You command the angels with the faith command, my God shall supply... All of my needs according to God's riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You command the angels to go cause the money to come. And then from that point forward, and this is where so many miss it and so many stumble. From that point forward, thank me that my word is true and that my word is working. So many people do the binding and the loosing. And they do, it, they do the binding and the loosing and the binding and the loosing and the binding and the loosing and the binding and the loosing. But God said, bind, loose, and then from that point forward, thanksgiving. Thank me that it's already done. Every time you think about it from that point forward, you thank me. Uh, the prayer of faith, Mark 11. Let's go look at it. Mark 11, we know this. So are we talking about finances today? No. We're talking about uh, prayer, kind of. Actually, what we're going to talk about today is the power of praise. The power of praise. Prayer, praise and worship are two of the most powerful prayers you can pray. Praise and worship are the two most powerful prayer 
uh, are the two most powerful prayers that you can pray, and it's the prayer that's prayed the least. It's the prayer that's prayed the least, but it's the most powerful prayer. So Mark 11, uh, let's pick up here in 22, and uh, let's read uh, through 24. All right. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. That's that God kind of faith. Have faith like God, knowing that when you ask, there's no doubt it's coming to pass. Or when he promises, there's no doubt it's going to come to pass. That's right. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. All right, let's look right here. I want you to box in. You should have those says underlined, but I want you to put a little box, a little mark or something that really makes that word believe stand out. I have mine boxed in, believe. We do a whole lot of teaching on the saying because you've got to do three times the saying and one time the believing. There's a principle in there that we teach on a lot uh, because we don't understand the power of our words. But this word believe is very crucial. If you got, if you ask God for something and it showed up in your hands, how would you behave? You would be excited. Absolutely. How much do you know? You might give Jesus a shout. Woo, Jesus. How much do you know? You might raise your hands. How much do you know? You might put a little bit of a dance in your feet. How much do you know? The people around you would know, wow, there's something going on there. You might take off in a run. You, you might mi- fall out. You might fall out. You might just, woo, Jesus. What are you, what, in other words, what are you going to do? When it shows up, you're going to give praise. But Jesus said, he said, uh, uh, be that he said that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that, <clears throat> but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Really, we could say it this way. Believe that those things that you saith have already come to pass already come to pass because the moment you ask for the ask the father for something that's in agreement with his word his angels have gone to work to bring it to you it's already in the mail it's already delivered i know we like to shop online this day and age how much do you know when you hit that complete order and you get that confirmation you get a little giddy on the inside it's on the way well guess what when you pray when you believe your giddy in your spirit needs to kick in and that giddy and you know you we don't listen we've got more trust in amazon than we do in our mighty god we do we get we've got more trust we get excited we're going to the mailbox is it here oh come on amazon how much do you know? You ought to get excited when you pray. When you say, Father, I thank you that 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 you placed in my heart, that you said is coming to pass. Father, I praise you. I thank you. I glorify you that it has come to pass. Why? Because it's praise that puts you over. Amen. It's praise that brings it in. Go to John chapter 4. 
John chapter 4. Glory to God. Now, in the Old Testament, and this is very popular, everybody knows it, uh, what did David do before the Lord? He danced with all of his might. Yep. He danced with everything in him. And why? Because in the Old Testament, they couldn't praise from their spirit. All they could praise from was their mouth and their physical flesh. That's all they could praise from. And so now, is there a fleshy dance of praise today? No. If, 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 if we, why? Because that's Old Testament. Um, you know, and no discouragement or anything against any church that has the praise dance teams and all of that. But you're living in the Old Testament. There is, but there is a dance in the Holy Ghost. And sometimes you need to praise God until you get over into the dance of the Spirit. Amen. Why? Because that's a higher level of praise. Look at John chapter 4 down here in verse, uh, let's... Um, Let's start in verse 19. He's talking to the woman um, that has many husbands. <laughs> the woman at the well. The woman at the well. And, uh, but she begins to talk. He's talking to her about her husband's issue, and she wants to ask him about worship. So let's see what she has to say here. John four nineteen. All right. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So she noticed, she recognized that there was something about Jesus that was different. All right. Well, he just told her that about her love life, so he's yeah. got to know something. Right. All right. So our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she's asking, because the Sadducees and the Pharisees had two different places of worship. Well, this is Samaritan and... Samaritan, which, again, she's a Samaritan woman, but they still followed the Bible. But they only followed a portion of the Bible. So, again, this is an issue between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the fathers of all the different sects of Jews, because at this point, different tribes believed in different things. And so she's saying, we believe that we're supposed to pray over here in this mountain, and you're and and you're and you Jews believe you're supposed to pray over here in Jerusalem. Who's right? Look at what he says. All right, verse twenty-one. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. See, see, this is very interesting because she's wanting to know. Even though she, even though her life is wrong, and she's going from man to man to man, she's been married multiple times, and now the man that she's living with as a husband is not even her husband. Even though she's got a, she's got some sin issues in her life, she's still wanting to know how do I worship properly? How do I worship properly? Verse twenty-two: Ye worship, ye know not what we know that or what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews, or for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In other words, he told this Samaritan woman, he said, listen, he said, salvation currently, remember, salvation, because Jesus was, Jesus uh, was ministering in the time of the Jews, Old Testament time, 
So as he, so while they were living in that moment and in that time, the only way for her to come to salvation through God is to be united to the Jew, to a Jewish family. That was the only way it was available to her. The only way that we obtain salvation is to be a, is to be united to the Jewish family through the acceptance of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he was letting her know the only way that you can come to Jesus, come to salvation is through the Jewish nation. He was letting her know what nation was right was the was the path to salvation. Uh, but you know now we can't go find us a Jewish family and just get connected to them. Why? Because it's no longer about the lineage. It's completely about, it's completely about the acceptance of Jesus, and through Jesus, you get grafted in. Amen. All right. So verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Look at the tail end of verse 23. Look at the tail end of verse 23. The Father seeketh what? Such. Such. What does he search? Such. What does that mean? So he's seeking because right above it it says, The true worshipers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit and, and in truth. truth. And the Father seeking this. In other words, the Father is searching the earth for people that will worship him. He's not searching for the, for the earth for people that will beg him. He's not searching for the people that will get enough people praying. He's not searching for the people that, that just have the biggest faith. No, he's searching for worshipers. But the worshipers out of, spirit, out of the spirit. In other words, he's not looking for the person in the church that has the best dance. He's not. In fact, if you've ever seen anybody dance in the Holy Ghost, you would think they ain't got no dance ability at all. Some of them, uh, I mean, I've seen some of them about hit their foreheads with their knees doing what looks like a hardcore athletic workout. I've seen some of them twirl and twist and fall on their faces practically. I've seen some of them uh, just, you know, do, you know, it looks like they're basically jogging in place. <laughs> just all kinds of crazy things. I've seen some of them just lay out on the floor, just face to the floor, planted, and just worshiping. Uh, you know, so, so this spiritual worship is different, but it starts out of the spirit. But here's the deal. Your body doesn't like to yield to the spirit. You have to train it to do so. You have to train your body to lift its holy hands. Because I guarantee you, you got to raise your hand for more than about 30 seconds, and all of a sudden your shoulders are going to start talking to you. All of a sudden the blood's going to rush in your finger to, from your fingertips to your shoulders, and your fingers are going to start doing the numbness wave. Hey, you know, you're over here going, Hey, can we get some blood flow in this hand? Why? Because your body's going to try to stop that because it doesn't want to do that. You're going you're gonna to start to praise, and you're going to start to say, Father, I praise you, I thank you, I exalt you, and all of a sudden your brain's going to go blank. Well, Father, all I can think to say is praise you. Well, that's okay. Just say praise you. 
Just say praise you, praise you, praise you. If those are the only words you can get out. Well, then just pray. it'll bless him. It'll bless him. Well, you know, we'll tell, we'll, I'll, I'll tell some people, just begin just to praise God and worship God. And they look at me. What are you looking at? Well, I'm trying to figure out what to say. <laughs> trying to figure out what to say. How about, I love you, Lord. How about praise you? Thank you. But I understand that because your mind can go blank. Why? Because your body's resistant until you train it. Amen. Your body wasn't created. What do you have to do? You've got to get it from your spirit up into your mouth. Well, what's, way, what's one way to turn your spirit on immediately? Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. And, uh, and, uh. You know, for the longest time, I was like, Lord, I see where we're supposed to sing in the spirit, but I can't sing in the natural. <laughs> I can't put it, I can't put two notes together. I mean, I might hear a little segment of a song in my brain, but by the time I try to get it from my brain to my mouth, I lose the whole connection. Uh, and so I was just, I was praying and believing. I was praying and believing. To, I spoke in tongues very, very fluently. And I was praying and believing, uh, God, how do I, God, give me the ability to sing in the spirit. And one day he said, you already have the ability. I said, well, Lord, can you tell me how to turn it on? And he said, it's real simple. He said, he said, just speak in tongues with a musical sound. I said, well, God, I don't have musical sound. He said, your spirit has it. I said, okay. So, praying in tongues, give it a musical sound. Man, that was easy. See how easy it is to sing in tongues? Well, you're, well, where's the interpretation? Well, I wasn't doing that for interpretation. But I do, but I can tell you this, I'll get the interpretation for a song faster than I'll get an interpretation out of speaking. I will. It's amazing. It's amazing. How do you get the interpretation to flow, Pastor? Well, it's real simple. Number one, ask God to, teach, to, to give you the interpretation. Ask God to interpret. Number two, as you're praying in the Spirit, or better yet, singing in the Spirit, when words come to you in your known language, just begin to speak those words out. Say anamashikina, my God, my King. Shora namasiya, mayadekiyareyamo, you're my everything. Well, I mean, you sing like a whole long sentence in only two words. They don't always match up word for word. They don't always match up word for word. Now, why is this important? Oh, go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. All right, let's look at verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What does he want us to know? What the will of the Lord what is. The wor- what the will of the Lord is. What is, is it God's will 
for these things. Of course, he goes on and tells us what God's will is. Let's read. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, now I want so you to see. Don't get drunk on wine, get drunk on the Spirit. Right. He said, notice he says, be not drunk with wine, comma, wherein excess. So many people read this and say, "Be not. it's okay to drink as long as it's not in excess. No, no, no. He said, don't partake in the wine, because when you take part in natural wine, there's excess. It you'll, leads you'll, to excess. You, you, it leads to excess. You'll think, well, I'll just have a glass. Well, the glass may be too much for you. You may not, you know, because that word drunk means any level of intoxication. We've got to begin to get God's definitions on some things. That word drunk means any level of intoxication. So if your body is relaxed, how much, you know, that's a level. If, if all of a sudden you're drinking this drink and all of a sudden your muscles just go, that's a level of intoxication. If your brain slows down and gets, that's a level of intoxication. And you might be saying, but I need that relaxation. But you can get the same relax, or well, you can get a better relaxation from, from getting in the spirit. He said, he, he, so basically what he's saying is, he said, basically what the will of the God is, what the will of God is, is don't use a counterfeit. Yes. Use the spirit of the living God. Amen. That's what he's telling you to do. Your emotions are out of control. Don't go to the wine. You're having a stressful day. Don't go to the wine. You're not, you're, man, if I don't get myself to just calm down, don't go to the wine. You know, man, this is just more than I can cope with. I need to just shut my brain off. Don't go to the wine. Whatever the situation is, this anxiety, I just got to get this anxiety under control. Don't go to the wine. Be filled with the spirit. Be filled. Stir yourself up. Now he tells us. The good thing about stirring yourself up with the spirit and getting drunk in the spirit is no hangover. There's right. no, there's, there's no bad consequences. These are the promises of God. He's going to add no bad things with it. That's right. Where, whereas with wine, you can have some bad, bad things that come along. That's right. Depending and on what you, how you now do. Now notice there's a semicolon here, which means he's going to tell you how to get filled, believer. Yep. yep. He's going to tell you how to get that, that spirit, that same response out of your spirit that alcohol would give you. Yep. He says this. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now look at this. This is no. Wait a minute. This is interesting. Hold your spot right here and go to First Corinthians fourteen. Hold your spot right here and go to First Corinthians fourteen. Well, we're coming right back to it. First Corinthians fourteen. Okay. First Corinthians fourteen. Let's pick up right here in verse one. Verse one. All right. Follow after charity. Follow after charity. In other words, stay in love. Stay in love. When the world's coming against you, stay in love. And Keep de- going. And desire spiritual. Despire, desire spiritual. In other words, desire tongues, desire prophecy, desire interpretation, desire spiritual things. All right. Desire spiritual, but rather that ye may prophesy. Now, right. prophecy, now listen to me. 
Prophecy is a sudden utterance of the Spirit that brings edification and encouragement. So if all of a sudden you have a word out of your spirit that, that encourages you, that strengthens you, that builds you up, that gives you that word from heaven that you need, guess what? You just prophesied. Do you hear me? You just, many people have the gift of prophecy operating in their life on the day to day and don't even recognize it's prophecy. Many people have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, the interpretation of what the spirit is saying, tongues and the interpretation. They have this operating and they're just simply not connecting the dots. They're just thinking, Oh, I just know it. No, you don't just know it. Your spirit knows it and your brain's picking it up because it's God speaking to you and through you. So when you have a word of encouragement, when you have a word of encouragement, when you have a word of edification, edification means to build up, you can have a prophecy for yourself. Have you ever been driving along and began to just encourage yourself with the things of God? Well, guess what? You're prophesying to yourself. That's the gift of God. Or, or to someone else. If I mean, it's for if, someone else, yes. When I started talking about the confession. That's, that's prophecy. That is prophecy. That is, that is edifying the body. And it was, but listen, but it was by sudden inspiration of the Spirit. Because you know Pastor Mike's uh, character. He doesn't just up and say, okay, guys, let me just share this with you just because, well, I have something to say. <laughs> In fact, no. we all know that Pastor Mike, unless the Spirit's got something to say, he largely doesn't have much to say at all. Nope. So when he speaks like that, you've got to go, you, your spiritual antennas need to go up and go, oh, wait, this is God. Amen. You should never, when he, when he speaks like that, you should never go, oh, well, that's just Pastor Mike. Uh-uh. No. When he speaks like that, you better, your spiritual antenna ought to go up and go, dee, 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 receiving, 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 receiving. <laughs> I just saw the cartoon in my head. Did y'all see it? I saw it. Come on. (laughs) All right. So verse 2. God speaks to me in cartoons. He does. God does speak to me in old school cartoons. I see it. I see the little... Yeah, I see it. Who is that? Marvin that gets the little... Yeah, he gets the little... Receive me. That's what I saw. Okay. (laughs) Verse (laughs) 2. I'm telling you, he talks to you in ways you can understand it. Verse 2. <laughs> for, for he that speaketh in, a, in, in tongues speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now here it says, if, he, if you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to, to man, but you're speaking to who? To God. God. Now, now let's go back to Ephesians. And let's read verse 19 again. All right, speaking to yourselves. Who are you speaking to? Yourself. Yourself. Not and how are you speaking? In psalms, psalms and hymns, hymns and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. You know what a spiritual song is? It's singing in the spirit. But all of a sudden, he said, "When you're, when you, he said, when you need to get the, when you need uh, that pick me up like wine would give you, or that relaxation like wine would give you, he says, begin to sing in the spirit, sing in spiritual songs. And you can start. Why? You can start with 
psalms and hymns. That's right. And spiritual you, songs. You don't have to start right in the spirit. No, no. You can start off. Listen, it's fine to stick them earbuds in your ears and put on some worship music. But at some point, take them out and just begin to sing to the Lord from your spirit. Amen. At and, some and, point, switch the, from that, the natural to the supernatural. And the second part of this verse is the important part. It says, so it says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. To the Lord. If you're not feeling Lord. it in your heart, that's where you need to get. When you step, when you step out in the natural into the spirit, then you are worshiping in spirit and in truth. When you come to service for praise and worship, you know, some people are like, why do y'all worship for so long? Why do you sing the same song for five and ten minutes? You better be proud that it's only five and ten minutes. Uh, right. I'm telling you what. You know, come on. Yeah, an hour and a half on the same natural song. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. No, you need to get, why do, why do we do that? Because we're trying to get you we're trying to get you out of the flesh and over into the spirit. And there's certain, listen, and there's certain songs that minister to God. There may be a song that ministers to God this week, but maybe that song won't minister to him next week. Have you ever had this happen? Have you done a song during praise and worship and that song plays in your spirit all week long? You know why? Because that song ministers to God, and God is trying to prompt you to worship him with that song. That's why that's there. That's why that's there. It's because God's going, ooh, I like that song this week. This week. Sing it to me again. Sing it to me again. Come on. Come on. I like that song. Come on. Talk to me this week. Now, here's the other side of that. As you get into worshiping him with that song that the spirit is stirred about, it's going to worship. It's going to edify you, build you up, encourage you. It's going to bring you the relaxation that you need. It's going to push away that anxiety. It's going to push away worry. It's going to push away fear. Listen to me, ladies. It's going to push away uncontrolled emotions. Not that men can't have uncontrolled emotions. But us women, our hormones swing harder and wider than the men more often than not. So when you're saying, man, I just, I'm just not feeling it today, God, get, begin to do this right here. Begin to sing. Begin to sing to him. Begin, get out your praise and worship music. Listen, when the devil's talking to you loud, I got news for you. When the devil's talking to you loud, number one, you can't just push it aside. If you don't respond to the devil, you might as well have responded. Do you understand me? When the devil's talking to you, you can't just go, it'll just go away eventually. You can't do that. Because if you're not telling him to take his stupid, stinking thoughts and go in Jesus' name, he knows that the thought that he's putting in your mind is working. You have to respond. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? You must respond. You must respond. It's not enough to just say no. It's not enough just to say I don't receive that sometimes. Sometimes, in fact, what you, the Bible is very clear on what we have to do. Go to. Hang on. Go for it. Some of y'all are, are saying, but, but Pastor, I know you're saying I, I should sing. I should sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. 
but but I I just don't feel it. Well, we walk here, by faith, here, not by here, sight. Here's the deal: Do you love the Lord? Yeah. I mean, I know that everybody in here loves the Lord, but some of the people online maybe they're not sure. But I know that everybody in here loves the Lord. If you love the Lord, all you have to do is put that love into your song. The Lord, I'll, let me tell you a secret. We are the children of God. And God could care less if you sound like a cat on a fence squalling your love out to him. As long as you're squalling your love out to him, that's what he cares about. I've always, I've always equated it this way. It doesn't matter if you sound like a frog with your foot stuck under an eight, under the wheel of an 18-wheeler. You know, you know, all that weight and all that pressure. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Now, I do recommend that you pray that God helps your singing voice. Of course. Of course. But, but, but those, those, Which of is us, why it works in the those of us that have been parents or had kids in our lives, we know that when that kid brings you something from their heart, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter a bit. It matters that they did it for you because they love you. And that's the way God is with us. He doesn't care what you sound like. He really doesn't. I mean, it would be nice if it sounded good, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. He cares about your heart. And here's the deal. God doesn't care if, the, if, if your spiritual song rhymes. He doesn't care if it's, you know, the right, the right timing. He doesn't care if this line is in a temp. It, it, I, I may get my words technically wrong, but y'all will help me. It doesn't matter if... Part of your song is in a four-beat tempo, and part of your song's in an eight. It doesn't matter the speed. What it matters is, is, is it, it doesn't matter if part of your song is in one note and part of your song's in another note. What matters is, is that it's from the heart. I'm going to teach you something you, about dealing with you, thoughts. If you get, if you get choked up and you and and you just get tangled up in your words, just take a breath and go on. It'll be fine. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10? 2 Corinthians 10. Why are we going to address thoughts? Because the number one reason that people don't praise like they ought to is because they don't take control of their thoughts. This is the number one reason. For uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, I said 5, but let's back up to verse 3. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Listen, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling full of fear, if you're feeling full of worry, if you're feeling, you know, if you're just, you're feeling overwhelmed, you've got too much going on, don't, don't walk according to your feeling. Don't walk according to your emotion. We can't do that. We can't walk according to our emotion. He said, we do not war after the flesh. Because what happens so much, so often, he basically, when we're walking according to what we feel, then what we're doing is we're just, in, we're just letting our flesh basically war against God. It's basically what we're letting it do. He said, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we don't rebel against God so that the flesh can have its way. Amen. No, instead, let's do this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, he said, how you're going to overcome what you're dealing with is not through flesh. It's not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to overcome through the, through the acts, the abilities, and the notions of man. Now, there, is there, are you, can, are there tools that man has, wisdom tools that man has that can help with some of these things? Yes. You know, you can do some breathing techniques to calm yourself down. That's perfectly fine. You can, you know, you can, um, some people do the stupid little rubber band thing where you pop your wrist. It's like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the wrong things. Some people, listen, some people even take medications. Uh, some people take alcohol. We were just looking at that. He said, listen, he said, though those things may, be, may help, he said, well, that's not our weapons. We're believers of God. Now, if it's medicine or breathing techniques, as long as you're not getting into weird meditation, breathing like other religions do, but just, you know, then that's different. He said, those things may help, but he said, listen, he said, our weapons are mighty through God. In other words, we need to use God's weapons to pull down strongholds. The devil wants to get you in fear and keep you in fear. He wants to get you in, in fear and worry and anxiety. He wants you to get overwhelmed. He wants you to get emotional. And he wants you to murmur and complain. He wants you to murmur. He wants you to complain. He, he wants you to have the mindset of, I just give up. I'm just going to cruise through this life till Jesus comes. I quit. He wants you to have that mindset. And here's the deal. Jesus said, don't do that. The Holy Spirit said, don't do that. He said, I've given you weapons. I've give Listen here, Toe. In Jesus' name, stop it. <sighs> Casting down. Verse 5. Here's our weapons. Here's our weapons. Casting down what? Imagination. Imaginations. What is an imagination? I found this to be incredible a few years ago. Do you know that most of our young people anymore do not know what imagination is or how to use it? Do you understand that? The reason that most of our young generation doesn't understand imagination is because at the age where they should have been developing imagination, it, they were looking at TV Somebody screens. Somebody else's imagination. They were looking at other people's imaginations, and they were not developing imagination. Imagination is a thought, an image, um, whatever goes on in your brain. How much do you know you have pictures that go those movies that play in your head? Those are imaginations. Those thoughts are imaginations. Uh, the thoughts that come from feelings are imaginations. That's what it means. And, and remember what we're trying to do here. We're trying to pull down strongholds. Right. What, what are some examples of strongholds? Pornography, anger, envy, strife. Wrath. All, wrath. All of these things, all of these things start in the mind. Wow. And, 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 and through your imaginations, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. That envying, right. that strife, that that That, that anxiety, wrath, that, that fear. Fear, anxiety, all of that stuff, it starts and it grows in your imagination. But you have the ability 
to cast down those imaginations. Imagination, listen, anxiety and fear, that just keeps coming up. Somebody is really struggling. Somebody is really struggling with anxiety and fear and worry. And listen, all that is is imaginations. The devil is implanting thoughts in your head. I know because I've, I've had it, I've, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with, literally, I just yelled at my foot. My foot was beginning to cramp so severely that it hurt to walk. And in my head, there's an imagination. You've got camp this week. You're not going to be able to be able to walk at work. You're not going to be able to walk at camp. It's going to get so bad. You're going to have to go to the ER. You're going to da da da. And that was going on in my head. I was like, I mean, to the point it was starting to affect how I walked. Now, I could have allowed those imaginations to go on and respond to what I was feeling in my foot or I could cast it down. I could cast it down. And every high, it says casting down imaginations, your thoughts, and every high thing, how much do you know uh, a sudden pain in my foot is, from a, high, is a high thing? It's, a high, it's coming from a high enemy. Every high thing that exalts itself, what was happening in my foot? Sickness or, or injury was trying to exalt itself above the power and the ability of God. So what do I have to do? I have to cast it down and I have to bring it into captivity, bringing into captivity some thoughts. No, every, every thought. thought to the obedience of Christ. And, and so it's, hold on, these are... hold on, Miss Bridget, this is really weird. But I just hear the Lord saying, I, it doesn't matter what you cook, honey. It'll be fine. It doesn't matter. Seriously. You just need to cook it, and you just need to say, Jesus, make it good. And then when the devil says, oh, they're not going to like it, they're not going to eat it, you just say, Jesus, that's your meal. You just need to turn that over to him. You just need to turn it over to him. I know that sounds crazy, but the devil will get you all tangled up with stupid, simple things. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll get it. He'll get you all tangled up with stupid, silly things. He'll get you tangled up with, well, do I look a little too fat? Listen, you're plump. It's okay. As long as you're covered, it's okay. You are what you are. Hello, it's okay. It's okay. It's not going to be the end of the world. Trust me. As long as you give God your best, he'll cover you. Give him your best. Well, I'm just not, oh, gosh, oh, what if I don't, what if, I mean, they gave me 70 accounts to do today. What if I only get 60 done? Did you do as many as you could? Were you slack? Were you were you laid back and just, eh, cruising? No, as long as you were giving it, giving it your best, it'll be enough. It'll be enough. You've got to learn to take these things captive. You can't just, oh, my emotions are just all over the board. Don't say that. No, Father, I thank you that I have total control over my body. Now, emotions, I command you to get in agreement with my spirit. Do you know that your spirit is never down or depressed? Do you know that your spirit is never full of anxiety? Do you know that your spirit is never overwhelmed or concerned? 
One of my favorite, God gave me one of the best tools ever for dealing with situations that come out of nowhere. When a situation comes out of nowhere, my blanket answer is, and you know, and you may look at it and say, well, I know what pastor's going to say. She always says this. God knew. But, but here's the deal. He did know. He's already got the supply. He's already got the provision. Don't get distraught. Don't get upset. Don't get, don't go, oh my God, I can't handle this. Let me go get a bottle of beer. No, no, don't do that. Go to the Father and say, Father, I praise you that you already knew. Father, I thank you that you've already given me the victory. Father, I praise you that that you've already revealed the answer unto me. Begin to praise him and thank him. You want to know why they all died in 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 the wilderness? All the old people died in the wilderness. Do you know why they died? Because they murmured continually. If when they got up against the wall, when they got tired of eating manna, I believe they could have, I believe if they had just gone, Father, we're so thankful for the manna. Father, we're so thankful that we have a taste for it. Father, we're so thankful that we're supernaturally nourished. Father, we're so thankful that it tastes fresh and new every day. Had they got over into worship instead of murmuring, how much do you know it would have looked different? Amen. When the quail, when God's, when they murmured against the, against the manna, God sent quail. And what did they do? They were like, oh, quail, that's wonderful. And then they got to, Father, these quail are pooping everywhere. There's too many for us to eat. They're making a mess. They're eating all the grass. They're doing, what did they got into murmuring? Yeah, there was so many quail, they couldn't walk around without stepping on one. Man, I'm just trying to get from, I'm trying to get from my tent to the temple, and I'm getting attacked by these things. There's just so many. I just can't even find the path. How much do you know it would have looked different if they had just gone, Father, we thank you for the supply. We thank you that you supply us abundantly and above what we could ask or think. Father, give us creative new ways to prepare the quail. Father, give us give us creative ideas to, to deal with all of the abundance that you've given us. How much do you know their outcome would have been different? It wouldn't have been 40 years in the desert. It wouldn't have been. It was only an 11-day journey. So we're casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, what is the knowledge of God? Well, it's right here. We're reading it. And also, also it's, it's, it's the things that the Spirit reveals to you. It's the things that the messengers of God come and say to you. If, if, if God comes to, sends a messenger to you and tells you that something's going to happen to you, you have to stand against yeah. the, the, imaginations the imaginations and the high things that come against that. Listen. This, this confession here is a good, good example of what to do. If you're reading through these and one of them really gets gets to you and 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 you're and and you're like well that's not true or that's not right or or that's not me you have to cast that down that is that is an imagination or a high thing that's acting against the knowledge of god these are all the knowledge of god if something in you is saying hey this ain't this ain't right or this ain't me cast that down listen that's a good place to start listen i it's it's what they it's what the world calls um, 
LGBTQAP whatever initials. I'm not being ugly. Every time you turn around, they're adding a letter. Uh, Pride Month. And, and everybody's out there saying, oh, pride comes before fall. We know that. We know they're headed for, direct, for destruction. We knew that they were headed for destruction before they ever got a Pride Month. We, under, we understand that it was pride that took Satan down and they're being ruled and reigned by the same spirit. We understand all that. But man, oh man, how different would it, would it look if we got an agreement with God? Because, the, because what they're trying to put out there is we're going to take over the world. How about we got in agreement with God and say, Father... We thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Amen. Father, we thank you that we, that we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and wickedness in high places. Amen. But, Father, we thank you that because we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, we've been given the keys of the kingdom, and we can bind these spirits. We can bind these spirits operating through these people. We can loose the angels of God. We can loose the, the saving faith of God to get these people saved. And, Father, we can loose the anointing into our communities and into our churches that would draw these people to salvation. And, Father, we thank you that we're getting that the move of God is coming. Listen, we've got to stop. The church has got to stop responding like the world responds. We've got to respond the way that God responds. I want you to go to uh, 2 Kings verse 6, or chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, we don't live in the Old Testament, but there's types and shadows and things here, uh, um, patterns that we can follow. Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings. I'm sorry, yes, 2 Kings chapter 6. And here, um, Elisha is... the armies of the world are really upset with Elisha. And he's got somebody that's with him that's kind of like his armor bearer that's helping him. Let's pick up right here in verse, uh, um, let's look at verse 11. Start in verse 11, and let's read just a little bit. All right. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telling the, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he hither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? So basically there had been a famine, there had been a plague, all this stuff was going on, um, and they blamed Elisha for it when all Elisha did was tell him what was coming. And, uh, and so this king, the king said, who's going to stand for Israel? Who's going to stand with Elijah? And they said, nobody's standing with Elijah. It's Elijah by himself. 
How much do you know? When you feel like the world's coming, that you have seasons and times where you feel like the whole world is coming against you. You feel like everybody's coming against you. Everything's coming against you. Well, that's how that was. That was the situation that Elijah was in. Was the whole world was his whole the, everything around him was fixing to come against him. Can you imagine being one person and having an entire army coming after you? Can you imagine what that was like? That had to be terrifying, you know. Uh, so and so so there's Elisha, and then there's this young guy with Elisha who's basically his armor bearer. He's basically, you know, like, you know, fetching his Bible and his scrolls and, you know, taking care of, that, taking care of stuff so that Elisha can pray and study. Um, and he gets up in the morning and he goes out and he goes. We're surrounded. Ooh, we're surrounded. Whole, this is fact, a not bad just us, scene. But the whole city is surrounded with chariots and horses. And he says, alas, my master, talking to Elijah, how shall we do? And Elijah answered and he said, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, we just heard that they're by themselves, right? In the, In natural. the natural. But listen, this is the mindset you've got to begin to take. You've got to begin. You've got to begin to, to be aware that there is an entire kingdom of heaven that is guarding you, watching you, there to protect you, with you at all times. Some of the some of the times, and this doesn't happen all the time, but I've but I've been working to become so aware of the spirit realm that there's times. I went through a season where I didn't notice it all, and I started noticing it again just recently. But there's there's times that I'll notice. I'll feel a spiritual presence, a large spiritual presence, right here, and right here, just behind me on my right and my left, and I'll just check in my spirit. What is that? And just on the inside, down on my knower, down in my knower, he'll say, I'll just down on the inside, I hear, those are your angels. They're there to assist you. They're there to help you. Oh, but how much you know? That's not a pastor gift. Every single believer has angels assigned to them. Amen. You just have to become so spiritually aware that you go, oh, I recognize that, Lord. You know, people, people, people are very, you know, people can be very aware of demonic presences. We need to be very aware of godly presences. We need to be aware. And, and in this situation, Elisha was very aware. See, and that's, that's knowledge of, of God. That's knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. The knowledge being given is that, that we each have angels that are there to support us and to help us. Yeah. And... Uh, we have, if, if something's telling us no, we have to cast that down. We have to take that thought captive. And we have to as believe. As long as you know it's coming from up here, because sometimes the Holy Ghost we, will tell you no. <laughs> and we have to believe the promises of God and receive them. Yeah. As long as you believe that and you say, Lord, I know your angels are there. Yeah. I know they're there, and I know they're there to help me. They will be. I've had situations where Mike's been out of town, and I've had to handle some pretty heavy stuff. And, and all of a sudden, that, that spiritual awareness just became very strong. And I, it was so strong. If somebody had been around me, they would have thought I was crazy. But I literally, I was getting ready to pick this thing up and move it, and I literally looked at this angel and said, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, guys, let's do this. And, I mean, it was light as a feather, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'm glad nobody saw that. Uh, but that was really cool because it was like, why? I was spiritually aware that there were angels there to strengthen me and help me and aid me. But Okay, but now remember now, Elijah. By who? 
So, yeah, like the gun safe, that's exactly right. Now, now remember, Elijah's young servant is sitting here going, we're surrounded, and you're saying there's more of us than there are them. There's only two of us. I see two. One, two. Yeah. It, yeah. What, what are you talking he about? Is not, he's, he's young in the Lord, and he is not spiritually aware. So, so Elijah, in verse 17, said, And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Now, he prayed this out of his mouth. Yep. He didn't say it. You know, he didn't whisper it in his head and the, and, the, and the young man not hear it. He said this out loud so the young man could hear. Yeah, prayer and, is vocal. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Now, this is pretty cool because Elisha didn't see him. God only allowed the young man to see him. Elisha continued to operate by faith. But the young man was allowed to see it. Now we're talking about praise and worship. How much do you know in that moment that young man fell on his knees and began to worship, began to praise? And how much do you know when, when Elisha saw his response, he went, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Father, I thank you that the army is there. I may not see it. You allowed him to see it. I know the army's there. How much do you know in that moment Elisha did, he stopped worrying about the army and went right into praise. And when he went into praise, that activated the angel army on his behalf. It doesn't say it, but you can. It's very easily inferred. I mean, think about it. If all of a sudden you see, if all of a sudden you look, at the mountaintops are just surrounded with the armies of God on your side. Do you think you're going to stand there and go, "Wow, oh, that's cool"? He might. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, you're going to begin to worship, and you're going to begin to praise. Uh, I want us to go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, we're going to pick up in uh, verse 15 here. Uh, here, again, Israel is about to come up against a big... Uh, several, several armies, big armies are about to take them. Uh, the king Jehoshaphat has gone to the Lord. He's called, believe it or not, Jehoshaphat actually told the Israelites to go put on sackcloth. In other words, put on clothes that are only used for, for communing with the Lord. Go put on sackcloth and ashes. And basically he said, get yourself in position to fellowship with the Lord, and we're going to praise God, and we're going to worship God, and we're going to go for, to God for the answer. So he went to God with praise and worship, seeking the answer, and prayer, praise and worship and seeking the answer. And this is what God says to him in verse 15. And he said, Hearken ye all Judea, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So when we have these battles, when we have worry, when we have fear, when we have anxiety, when we're dealing with pornography, addiction, whatever you've got going on in your life, overworked, overloaded at work, you've got a prayer, you've got something that the Lord's talked to you about, and you haven't seen it come to pass yet. Don't quit getting into a position of praise. Get into the position of praise. Why? Because it's not, because here's the deal. What you're up against is not your fight. 
-mm. What you're up against, you need God to fight for you. And God will fight for you, but he'll only fight for you if you ask him and if you will praise him onto the scene. You have to ask and then you praise. Why do you praise? Because you are telling God when we praise, when we give thanksgiving, listen, here's the definition of praise. Let me give you the definition of praise. Praise is when you give honor to God for the things that he has done, the things that he is doing right now, and the things that he will do. So if you're praying and you're believing, then you need, if, if you've prayed, you've believed, you've stood, you've requested, then your job is to praise him that it's completed. I'm still continuing to praise God that I'm completely healed and whole. When my body acts up, when something comes up, when I look at my hand, whatever the situation is, I say, Father, I thank you that I'm completely healed. I thank you that I'm completely whole. When my body comes under attack, I don't go, oh, great, here's the devil. No, I take authority over it, and then I praise God that I'm healed and I'm whole. Amen. You have to praise them. We're believing for the finances. Every time I look at our every time financial stuff comes up, I don't bind Satan anymore. I don't ask. I don't charge the angels anymore because I've sent them. I just say, Father, I thank you that I have received. Amen. Father, I thank you that your word is true and that your word is working. Amen. Father, I thank you. Why? Because the battle's not mine. The battle is His. Let's keep reading. Oh, I've lost my place. sixteen. Okay, sixteen. To Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Or yep. Jeruel. Yeah, yep. That works. He shall not need to fight. Or ye. Or ye. Okay, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. In other words, picture it. It's there. Picture it. Don't be moved. When the devil says, but what if? Say, no. God's already said I have it. When the devil says, well, what if the word doesn't work? No, God said the word will work. When the devil says, well, what if they hate dinner? God, said, God served it. God blessed it. God took care of it. What happens? What, what, what if I don't get all the accounts done at work? God said this is his battle. God said, stop murmuring about your work situation, people, and start praising God that he's got your provision. If you need more employees on the job, just praise God. Quit saying, well, we don't have enough help. You have exactly what you say. You've, you've created your own situation. Begin to praise God. We've got good help. We're well able. We're not overworked. Quit saying you're underpaid. Start saying, I'm paid abundantly for the job that I do. Start saying, I'm abundantly supplied for the work that I do. My job, you begin to say, my job takes good care of me. Begin to, begin to make an avenue for God to move. Father, you put me in this job, and therefore you're going to bless this company because I work here. Amen. Because your word says that you're going to bless the hands of my work. Father, you're going, to, you're going to cause everything I lay my hands to to prosper. Amen. Father, I, I thank you that company. all of my needs are supplied according to your riches and glory. And, it's, and, and though you're my source, this is the source you're using to get me my, my source. So just begin to pray for them. In other words, set yourself like Flint. 
and refuse to be moved. Set yourself and say, when they say, oh, the gas prices are going up, when you go to get gas in the vehicle and the price is higher, say, Father, I thank you that I have a discount. I thank you that I have a discount. Father, I thank you that I have more than enough finances. Father, begin, because if you're murmuring and complaining, you're going to die in the desert. Amen. Did you hear me? If you're murmuring and you're complaining, you're going to die in the desert. You're going to get out of here prematurely. I don't need you checking out prematurely. I need you here. I need you fighting the battle. I need you bringing in the presence of God. I need you praising God into the house. Amen. And into the community. Let's keep going. All right. You shall not need to fight this in this battle. Set your. Let me start again. You shall. You shall not. Uh, to fight in this. Set yourselves. Stand ye. And see the salvation of the Lord. Man, that sounds so different when you take out those italicized words. That's so good. He said, you shall not to fight in this. No matter what you're up against, you have no need to fight in it. Set yourself and stand. Still. Just stand. stand And and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Man, that's so good. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord be with you. Where it says, fear not, if God, if you were not able to reject fear, then it would be unrighteous of God to tell you to fear not. When fear comes on you, fear, worry, anxiety, they're all tactics of Satan. Satan's kingdom operates on one principle, the principle of fear. Fear, fear comes in the way of worry. Fear comes in the form of anxiety. Fear comes in the, in the form of, of being overwhelmed. So when you recognize those things in you, and those things are just really within my spirit, heavy this morning, when those things are coming against you, when you're looking at fear, when you look at the situation and you go, how is it going to work out? That's becoming overwhelmed. That's becoming dismayed. Dismayed is another form of fear. It means it's another form of, you're like, when that happens, God said, don't do that. Well, how do I not do that, Lord? You take the thought captive, and then you praise. When the thought says, this isn't going to work, you take the thought and you say, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it'll, Father, Father, you created me to be a housewife. I thank you. That, that, I'm, that I'm well able to be a housewife. Father, you've created me to be a husband. Father, I thank you that I'm well able to be the husband that you've created me to be. When the devil begins to talk to you and tell you that you're a bad husband, that you don't do this well enough, you don't do that well enough, that you're a bad, whatever. When he begins to say these things to you, when the devil begins to say these things to you, they're lo- recognize them as lies. Because all he can do is lie. Recognize that it's a lie. What's the opposite of what he's telling you? And then begin to praise God that that's true. Praise will put you over. I have praise. When the devil has come against me, uh, when he brings a thought against me, I'll look at the devil in in my spiritual mind. I look the devil in the eye and I say, you foul, stinking devil. I see that and I hear that nasty thought. That is not true. The truth is this. I'll speak what the truth is, and then I'll say, now, Father, I just praise you. I just thank you. I just exalt you. I just, 
Oh, I glorify you and I magnify you. And I will do and I will not even respond to another thought of Satan other than I just continue to praise. What am I doing? I'm submitting myself to God. I'm resisting to respond to Satan because I've already responded to him. And I'm and therefore I'm now I'm following God and now the devil because he's not getting an edge in on me, he flees. And before I know it, the thought's no longer an issue. The emotion that comes with that thought is no longer an issue. I really like the last part of this verse 17. It says, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. But it doesn't say the Lord will be with you, because the will is italicized. The be is, too. Oh, the be is, too. You're right. So, uh, for the Lord with you. So, the Lord's not going to be with you. He is, is with, with you. you. And how can he not be? He lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of me. How can he not be with me at all times? Why should I fear anything or ever be dismayed? The Lord is with me always. 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 Glory to God. Let's keep reading. Or did you have more? I'm sorry. No. Just just getting to where I can read again. (laughs) And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah... And the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. He told them what to do. And what did they do? He, they said, well, thank you for the answer. How much do you know when you're up against the wall? When the answer comes in. Now, because we do it, we do it. I mean, sometimes you might just hit your face and plant your face in the ground, which is what they did, because they were up against it big. But there's other times that you're going to begin to go, Woo, I got the answer. I got the victory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I got it. I got it. I got it. Why? Because you needed that answer. And, oh, I got it. I got it. Begin to worship. Worship. Amen. Come on. Now, just so you know, that dance was Holy Ghost because I don't do that naturally. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You want me to keep reading? Yes, please try. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. So they got on their faces to worship, and they stood up to praise. Glory to God. Let's keep going. Come and they on. rose early in the morning and went forth unto the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Listen, they're fixing to go to battle. He's got the, he's got, he, he, they're fixing to go to war. They're fixing to go to battle. And it says, when he consulted with the people, you know what he did? He went through the congregation and he said, you've got a good voice. You're on the worship team. You can keep a good beat. You're on the worship team. Oh, you've got a strong voice. You're on the worship team. Oh, you're in, you just love how to worship me. You're on the praise team. He went through the congregation and he put them on the praise team. That day, 
He put them on the praise team that day. And they said, whew, we've been elevated. And then he said, now, get in front of the army. And they went. Excuse me? You want me to go where? I'm a praiser. I ain't got no armor. I ain't got no sword. I don't have a helmet. And you want me to go in the front? In the front? I don't think so. Satan, you're not taking my voice this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments and against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah. Listen, and they were smitten. Listen, here's your principle. And when the praisers began to sing and to praise, the Lord does what? He sets ambushments. In other words, he sets traps for, his, for your enemy. When, he, when you begin to praise God... God begins to set traps against the people and against the demons that are coming against you. He begins to fight your battle for you. This is why praise has power. It's because your praise brings God on the scene. Your praise is what puts you over. Your praise is what brings your prayers to pass. Glory to God. And it says... And they were smitten. Now, this does not mean they fell in love with each other. No. no. This is smiting. This is, this. Pastor Robbie likes to use the cartoons. So imagine Wile E. Coyote and the boulder just smashed him into the ground flat as a pancake. That is smitten. Yes. Wiley got smitten multiple times. We're right here in Second Corinthians. Let's go back to chapter 5. Or Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter five. Five. Okay. Second Chronicles chapter five. Starting. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, verse thirteen, or back further. Let's go to verse eleven. Eleven. Okay. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did and did not. Then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were singers, all of them of Asphath and Heman of Jaduthan, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in the white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar. And with them, a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. You know, in the New Testament, we're called uh, a royal priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. Right. In the Old Testament, the Levites, the tribe of Levite, were the royal priest. The royal priest. And notice what it says. It says, also the Levites, the singers, which, which were, is italicized, the Levites... The singers, the Levites were singers, singers. all of them, all of them, all of God's royal priesthood are singers. Did you know that? That's what it says. All of them. When you come into Christ, 
your spirit, your Holy Spirit, your spirit for him, your spirit knows how to sing. Your spirit knows how to make it sound good. Your spirit knows how to make it heavenly. Jackie asked earlier, she said, Pastor, is that what you did? Yes, because the Lord told me years ago, bless sweet Derek, his ears are still attached to his head, thank God. (laughs) Years ago, the Lord, 20 years ago or so, you weren't there the first days, trust me. You weren't there the first days. Years ago, the Lord said, I want you to teach the, the, the youth how to actually worship. And I said, Lord, uh, we don't have a praise team for that. Uh, Lord, uh, we only work, the only music we have is available as CDs, and, my, is, and me and Michael. And, um, Lord, Michael's not real bold yet, and I'm bold, but I can't. But it's bad, Lord. It's like a frog under an 18-wheeler. It's bad, Lord. And uh, he said, it'll be fine. You need to quit saying that. Well, it was. It was bad. I know. No, I it mean, was bad. I mean, the frog under the 18-wheeler, you need to quit saying that. Okay. You're confessing I'll, that. No, I said it was. It was. It was bad. This is what I told the Lord. And I said, it's just bad, Lord. And he said, he said that's, and this is what the Lord said. He said, that's precisely why I want you to teach them. He said, because it's not about it being musically correct. It's about it being a, heart, a sound of the heart. And so we taught on that. This is my, I love praise. I love to teach on praise and worship. We're not going to get all the way through it, but it'll be okay. Uh, but I love to teach on the subject, one, because it's so powerful, and two, it's so misunderstood. Um, but I love to teach on this because it's just, it's such a, man, it's such a good subject. Um, but in any case, he said, I want you to, and so we stepped, so I taught about praise, I taught about worship, I taught about what it brings to you, and all of that good stuff, and and uh, was teaching on it, and then I said, now. So we're going to turn on our CDs. I said, get yourself, you know, at that time we were in a big space, and I said, give yourself plenty of room, you know, where you feel comfortable. And I said, and then we're going to play the CDs, and I want you to sing these from your heart. And I don't care what you sound like. Ain't nobody here but each other, and we're all going to sound not great, and it's fine. And, all of, and, and at that time I said, and none of you are going to sound worse than me, but it makes God happy. And we're going to praise and we're going to honor and we're going to worship God. And God's going to show up in this house. And God did show up in that house. And God has showed up in the house every time. But I was like, okay, Lord, well, if you're going to have me continuing to lead our youth in worship, uh, I need some help. I need some serious help. And so when the anointing hits, that's when everybody's like, wow, you've got an amazing voice. Wow, you sound really good. Wow. And I'm like, no, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Because without the Holy Ghost, you want earplugs. No, that's the Holy Ghost. Uh, why? Because your spirit was created to sing. All of God's priests are singers, all of them. All right, let's keep going here. Verse 13. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers as one to make one sound to be heard in uh, praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord for good, for his mercy forever, that the house was filled with a cloud, the house of the Lord. So look at, the, look at verse 13. It says, It came to pass that the, that the trumpeters and the singers as one, or um, one accord. Everybody's in one accord. 
when your spirit, when everybody in the house, when everybody is singing from the spirit, not from the flesh, this is Old Testament, they were in the flesh. In the New Testament, we've got to be in the spirit. We've got to come into one accord in the spirit. When we all step over into the spirit, when it becomes more than just a song of the flesh, when it becomes a song of the spirit, when we get into that one accord, look at it says, the house was filled with the cloud. What cloud is that? The glory cloud, the presence of God. Look at verse 14. When the cloud shows up, look at what happens. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Notice in verse 12. I just heard the Spirit say this. Look at verse 12. Look at the tail end at verse 12. It says, And with the 120 priests. How many were in the upper room? 120. 120. It's a type and shadow of the day of Acts. So when we all... When, when the house, when everybody in the house is singing in one accord from the Spirit, oh my gosh, the glory cloud comes in. The presence of God comes in, and nobody was able to stand or minister. This, you can't pray the prayer of faith and get the presence of God like that. You can't pray the prayer of consecration and dedication and get the presence of God like that. You can't pray the prayer of intercession and supplication and get the presence of God like that. It's only the prayer of praise and worship that will bring in the presence of God on that level. Amen. Uh, if our praise team will come, glory to God. We're going to, we're going to, we can't talk about this and then not. Not praise? Not praise. I know we're right here at time, but they can do a song or two. It'll be fine. Glory to God. So I just want to encourage you. Well, Pastor, how do you get it out of just being a song and getting it from your spirit? Let's pray this together. You want to start with gratitude again? Father. Come on, church. Let's say this together. Father. Father, I come Father, to you in the name of Jesus. I come, I come to you in the, in the name, name of Jesus. Jesus. Father, I see in your word. I Father, see in your I word see in your word. That praise, that praise, praise and, worship and worship brings your presence. Brings your presence. Father, Father, we choose, we choose to bring our flesh under the control of the Spirit. To bring our flesh under the control of the Spirit. And Father, and Father, we release our spirit. We release our spirit to sing praises. To sing praises and worship and worship only as our spirit can. Only as our spirit can. Father, Father, may our sound, may our sound be a joyful noise to you. Be a joyful noise to Father, Father, may our praise, may our praise bless you. Bless you. Father, Father, we give you all of ourselves. We give you all of ourselves. We surrender. We surrender. We give it to you. We give it to you. And Father, and Father, we worship you. We worship you as only you deserve to be worshipped. As only you deserve to be worshipped. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Let the fire fall. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, Father, we praise you. Oh, Father, we honor you. <clears throat> you can mute me. Lord, we are the ones who 
We love you so much, Father God. Let this be a sweet, sweet sound into your ears. Hear our hearts as we cry out to you. Father, we just give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. Father, we thank you that you've given us a taste of, you to, of, of worship in one accord. Father, as we, look, as we move forward from this day, Father, we'll look to step into it more and more and more. For, Father, we want to, we want to bask in your presence. And, yes, Lord, I saw that in the Spirit. I saw Jesus stand to his feet in, ob in, in, in observance of what we were doing. Father, I saw him take a stand and look down from heaven and said, they're worshiping, Father. Look at them worship. Father, I thank you that you recognize the heart. Father, we want to be a blessing to yes, you. Yes, Lord. Yes. That's our heart's desire is to bless you. And Father, though... It may in our mind and in our ears say, oh, that doesn't mush and that doesn't mix. But in heaven, yes, it's a it's heavenly a sweet sound. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Uh, Pastor, you want to pray over our tithes and our offerings if our ushers will come. 
as you're able. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank we, you, Father. we thank you for this day. Thank and we you, thank Father. you for this word. We thank you for being here thank with you, us Father. and teaching us how to praise thank you and you, worship Lord. you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we just love you and we lift your name up forever and ever. Lord, you are the most high, the, the Lord above all lords, the thank creator you, of heaven and earth. And you gave so much to us, Lord, that we can't help but give back. You loved us first when we were unlovable, and we love you back. We love you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds. Thank we you, love Lord. you with every fiber of our being. Thank Lord, you, we just love Thank you, and we you, want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, we give unto your kingdom. Yes, we give Father. with a generous yes, heart, Lord. a loving heart, Thank a you, glorious heart. Thank you, Father. Thank offering, you, Lord. Lord, to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. To your many, many blessings. Lord, Thank you, Father. we can't help but, we can't, we don't Thank have enough you, to give Father. you. Thank but we you, give Father. you our hearts and we give you what we have. And we, Thank we you, Lord. Lord, we Thank just you, ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think to the doing of your work. And that you bless us in return, that we might become a bigger blessing. And we know that whatever we lay our hands to will prosper, that our things will not wear out, and that, that we, will, we will be victorious. We will be overcomers and not undergoers, and that we will stand boldly for you and stand boldly against Satan. Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy, and you will not have place here or in the minds and hearts of these people. In Jesus' name, we pray and we command. In Jesus' name. Satan, leave and take your minions with you and your thoughts and your ideas. We, we, we take them captive and we cast them down in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your teachings. We will meditate on this word throughout the week. It will grow in our hearts and our lives and it will bear fruit in our lives and in the lives of those we come in contact with because we will share your word. We will share your glorious being and, and the many wonderful things that you have for us because that is what you want us to do lord and we will do it in jesus name thank you father father we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in jesus mighty name amen and amen you can serve the people yes, yes. sir what you got